Thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page and leave your comments there. That's facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, joining me once again on the podcast is my big brother, Dan. And I can think of no better person to kick off this month of podcasts because we are going to talk about all month movies that relate to baseball as baseball season is beginning now. And uh, I'm pretty sure you were the first person I ever played catch with. Is that correct? Yes, I believe I was. (laughs) Okay. It was either you or dad, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking it was you. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So baseball for me. And I don't know how you feel about this, I'm curious, is one of the few fond childhood memories. And I touched upon that in the second episode of the podcast when I talked about Field of Dreams. But, you know, you I mean look I'm like, second choice here? <laughs> what do you mean? No, 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 Field of Dreams I did by myself. So oh, okay. there, was no, there was no co-host. Okay, good. All right. Baseball, I think back to when we were kids, you know, Little League and playing catch and all that kind of stuff. And it was one of the few things that I feel like dad and I bonded with. He taught me how to play. The only thing. (laughs) Probably, yeah. You know, so, so yeah, so baseball has always been pretty special to me. And there are no shortage of great baseball movies. How about you? What are your thoughts of of the sport in general? Oh, let's see. I'm president of the Little League in my town, if that tells you anything. Okay, there you You go. I've coached baseball now after, you know, playing as a kid, teenager, and, you know, with my son, and he's done now, and now my daughter's playing softball, and you know, wants to play catch and try out for the softball travel team. So hi, Evan and Lindsay, if you're listening to this. <laughs> they may or may not be, because by the time we get through this, there may be some uh, saucy language. That you may yeah, they've never, they've never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. We decided that we're going to talk about Major League, which was released April 7th, 1989. This is one of the great funny baseball movies. Of course, there's a couple of those. And then, of course, there's serious baseball movies, too. But I don't know. This one uh, is really great because it features the big bad Yankees, <laughs> which I think is always funny how they make the Yankees the bad guy. In all every, the every baseball movie, it seems like the Yankees are always the bad guy. Of course. Of course. The evil empire. That's right. So Major League, written and directed by David S. Ward, who was actually a lifelong Cleveland Indians fan. He created this movie because he thought it would be the only way he would ever see the Indians actually win something. <laughs> After the movie came out, the Indians did do very well. They had a couple of postseason appearances. Well, yeah, they had Bayerga and Lofton and yeah. other people that I can't remember who they Manny are. Manny Ramirez was on the Indians. That's right. Their, their glory. Pre-steroids. Year. Yeah, pre-steroids, exactly. Um, but yeah, they were in the postseason 1995 to 99, 2001, 2007, and 2013, even knocking the Yankees out of the playoffs in a couple of those years. They won the pennant in 95 and 97, but lost the World Series both times. So the movie stars Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Corbin Burnson, and Rene Russo. And I was thinking about this. Wesley Snipes, dude. Wesley Snipes, too. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about Wesley. Don't worry. You know, he's kind of, uh, yeah, you know. That should be in there. But you know what, though? Wesley Snipes didn't come back for the second movie, which I think is kind of interesting. Omar Epps played Willie Mays Hayes in the second movie. But I was thinking about this. Most of the cast of this movie, where are they now? Charlie Sheen has HIV. Right. What happened to Tom Berenger? Because he was kind of hot for a while. Yeah, well, he did Platoon and... Mm -hmm. um, This, Eddie and the Cruisers. Although that wasn't a big hit in the theaters, it was kind of a, you know... Eddie and the Cruisers, I think, was before this. Yeah, yeah, that was the Um, first one, and then... Well, Corbin Burnson was big on TV back then. Sure. L.A. Law. Yeah, like none of these guys uh, are really around today. He wasn't very believable as a ball player either after watching <laughs> the movie the other night. Eh, 
Renee yeah. Russo went on to do some stuff, but I think she hit a wall. Yeah, she <laughs> she was in uh, one of the Lethal Weapon movies. A few of them. Yeah. She was in uh, Tin Cup and mm-hmm. some other stuff, but I mean, I don't know. And then, yeah, well, Dennis Haber went on to big fame as Allstate. Yes, the Allstate guy. And he was also on 24, 24 as yeah. the president. Estimated budget of $11 million, domestic gross of $49.8 million. So this wasn't a huge moneymaker, but I guess comedies, I don't know if you can really expect too many comedies to, to break the $100 million mark. Well, that yeah, but you well. also look at the you know, price of inflation and all that. So sure. comparatively speaking, that's like true. It, it made- 1989, that's true. Good yeah, point. it made four and a half times its money. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's, that's true. What would that movie cost now you know with a a cast and you know and what would it gross now so there's some real life inspiration real life relief pitcher mitch williams who i think is now an analyst on mlb network or one of those things he played with the chicago cubs at the time that the film was released he was inspired to model himself after the rick vaughn character which is kind of interesting he began to wear the number 99 and had wild thing played when entering games and in fact this film kind of inspired that whole tradition of relief pitchers, especially closers, coming into a theme song. None greater than Mariano Rivera. Interesting, man. With the movie itself, like some of the things that happened with Indian players kind of mimicked what would happen with the real life Indians. Like Kenny Lofton became like very much like a Willie Mays Hayes kind of guy. Okay. You know, he was like their base dealer and stuff. Some of the players in the movie were probably inspired by actual major leaguers. So Pedro Serrano, according to the director, is partially based on Orlando Cepeda and Wade Boggs, who would superstitiously eat chicken before every game. Yeah, but that's kind of like a bullshit comparison because number one, Wade Boggs was not a home run hitter, not a slugger. He ate chicken before every game, which is true. Right. But, you know, I mean, Serrano wanted to sacrifice a live chicken (laughs) to help him, you know, to help with his uh, religious freedom, you know, and appease (laughs) Jobu. Yeah. Boggs could definitely hit a curveball. Obviously, he's one of the best hitters ever. Uh, Willie Mays Hayes kind of being compared to Ricky Henderson. Speed, yes. Hitting skills, definitely not. Ricky Henderson was a great hitter. Yeah, but I mean, mean, he's more, if you ask me, like Willie Mays Hayes is more based on probably, well, back then, you know, like like I said, like a Kenny Lofton who came Mm -hmm. a couple of years later. Like a Willie McGee or... Uh, Davey Lopes from the Dodgers. Uh, Lopes was a second baseman. and Yeah, but he was pretty he fast, stole, wasn't he? Well, he was somewhat fast. I mean, like, Lou Brock was the base stealing king Yeah, you know, before that. But, I mean, if you look at uh, Vince Coleman from yes. the... He was more like a Vince Coleman, like, just like, you know, more like a one-tool kind of guy, you know, than a five-tool kind of guy. Okay. So that, you know, they said Ricky Vaughn was based on Nolan Ryan. I mean, Nolan Ryan's arguably probably one of the greatest pitchers ever. Oh, yeah. You know, he had a fastball, but he wasn't a reliever. Right. Even though Vaughn, I mean, Vaughn went between closer and starter in the in the movie, which is kind of messed up, too, because yeah. nobody does that. I don't really think of Ricky Vaughn as a Nolan Ryan type either. I mean, if anything, you know, there was a there's the scene where he has his back to the plate and he does that kind of punches his glove and turns around. Yeah, that's like Al Harbosky. Yeah, Al Harbosky, the mad Hungarian. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. Uh, but Eddie Harris definitely, you sense a little Gaylord Perry reference there because Gaylord well, that Perry. That or uh, the Necros. Yeah. Well, actually, more Gaylord Perry because he was more known for doctoring the ball. The Necros, they were, you know, the knuckleballers and they pitched when they were older. But Gaylord Perry was notorious for putting shit on the ball all the time. <laughs> so. A lot of people, look, back in the day, they say, you know, with, before the steroid era and all that, people just like doctoring the ball and, you know, throwing the snot ball or yeah. whatever. That was really funny, though, that, that scene in the locker room when. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Charlie Sheen says, what's what that, the hell is that? What's that stuff in your chest? Oh, it's Barbasol and whatever. <laughs> Vagisil. Vagisil. And, yeah. <laughs> was it Vagisil? Was one, of, one of them was Vagisil. He, you know, and he says, if I'm, if I'm, the umpire is watching me, I'll rub a little jalapeno in my nose and then, uh, you know. Wipe my nose and uh, throw a snot ball. <laughs> it's pretty funny stuff. There's the big climactic playoff game, and there's like 20,000 extras in the stands. And when the team first ran onto the field and the crowd went nuts, Dennis Haysbert admitted to being emotionally overwhelmed by the experience. And Steve Yeager, who was a former Major League catcher, he played with the Dodgers for many years, he also wore the same number that Jake Taylor wears, number seven in the movie. He was an advisor on the film. And he was also Tom Berenger's stunt double. And he was also the third base coach, Temple, in the movie. He noticed Haysbert's reaction, and he said, hey, that's what it's like 162 times a year. And I can imagine, that's got to be an amazing rush when, you know, that many people cheer for you. It's got to be incredible. Charlie Sheen actually is one of the few people in this movie who had athletic skill. Um, (laughs) Well, you can kind of see that in the movie when you watch it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he definitely can throw the ball. Is he throwing 101 miles per hour? No. He's throwing in the high 80s, though. And that's, you know, for an actor, that's pretty impressive. He was offered a baseball scholarship to the University of Kansas before he became an actor. To make it look like he was throwing faster than he was, they moved the mound closer to the plate. And he says that he took steroids to prepare for the role and <laughs> it made him throw a little bit better, he said. It's probably just an excuse for Charlie Sheen to put an illegal substance in his body, let's face it. Yeah, right. Another thing that's sort of interesting, the Yankees' home run threat, Haywood, which, you know, I Triple love, crown winner. Triple Haywood. crown winner, yes, that's right. Which, by the way, doesn't happen very often at all. In let's real see, baseball. it was uh, Carl Yastrzemski in 67, and then a couple of years ago it was Miguel Cabrera from uh, the Tigers. So Haywood was played by former Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Pete Vukovic. Ironically, he never hit a single home run in his entire 11-year Major League career. Obviously, he's a pitcher, so if you're in the American League and you're a pitcher, it's rare that you even get a plate appearance. Yeah, but... and he was on the Brewers then, who were in the American League, who are right. now in the National League. Right. <laughs> so eight out of the 11 years, uh, he never even made a single plate appearance so but it's funny that here's a guy playing the slugger but he definitely looks the part you know he kind of looks with that mustache a little bit like Thurman Munson I think that was you know not by accident but I love some of the the commentary from Bob Euchre for him one of the things he says he has more uh, nose hairs than anybody in the league (laughs) when he sneezes it's like a party favor or something like that David Ward asked Bob Uecker to play Harry Doyle in the film because he liked him in the Miller Lite ads and and what he did on Mr. Belvedere. After he meets Uecker and asks him to be in the movie, he realizes that he's been uh, the call man for the Milwaukee Brewers for like 20 years at that point. <laughs> Unreal. And I think it's kind of cool that Uecker did a lot of uh, improvisation too, which makes sense because he's, you know, he's used to calling His name games. should be David H. Ward, the H standing for hack. <laughs> You don't think he did a good job on this movie? There's a bunch of stuff in the movie, and you know, I'm sure we'll get into that. It's just not believable. <laughs> but anyway, continue, sir. Yes. When he goes, just a bit outside, that's an improvised line, and some other stuff, too, when he's calling the game. So that's kind of cool. And then he puts the whiskey behind his ears. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get a little cologne in there when, yeah. he, when he takes a shot of Jack, and then uh, a little dab will do you. Yeah, I mean, listen... Without a doubt, Bob Euchre is is a big part of why this movie is so great. I mean, he's so funny, and and you imagine what it would be like to be the guy calling games for a team that hasn't had a winning season in forever. That's got to suck when your team is never, uh, you know, really doing anything. Wasn't John Candy in Rookie of the Year, wasn't he the Cubs broadcaster? I believe so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the one where Gary Busey's the fireballer? Yes. (laughs) I always get that one in the... Give him the cheese, the stinky Limburger. (laughs) 
I always get that movie in uh, Little, Little Big, Big League. League. Yeah, confused. Little Big League, the kid's the manager, right. and Rookie of the Year, he's, he's the, the pitcher. pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've straightened that out, back to Major League. The whole premise of the movie is that the owner of the Indians dies, and his much younger wife, who is a former Vegas showgirl, <laughs> takes over as owner of the team. And she decides that she hates living in Cleveland. The weather is terrible, everything, blah, blah, blah. And it's Cleveland. No offense if you live in Cleveland. Jesus. Have you been to Cleveland? <laughs> I've never been to Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. So she decides that she wants to come up with a, a scheme to be able to move the team to Miami because it's nicer there and they're offering her all kinds of cool perks. There was no team in Miami at that at time. At the time, right. Ironically, in 1997, the real-life Indians lost the World Series to the Miami-based Florida Marlins. Who were an expansion team. Right. And what's interesting, too, is that this plot point actually sort of happened in real life. The Twins owner tried to pull something similar. He failed, obviously, because the Twins are still playing in Minnesota. Well, there hasn't been a relocated team since, like, probably, like, the Brooklyn Dodgers or the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I think the only, the closest thing... The Braves, the Milwaukee Braves became the Atlanta Braves. Well, I was going to say the closest thing is that the the Washington Nationals are technically the Montreal Expos, right? Correct. But yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. I guess these teams, they sign these long leases with the cities and the cities count on these teams to be uh, a source of revenue. So yeah, they, they lock them in for sure. The thing about the movie and, you know, just watching it again, this is the thing that kind of annoys me. So when um, the GM, you know, after Rachel Phelps says she wants to fail and Charlie, the GM, you know, is putting together the team. Yeah, so now he's making these calls. All right, so now Charlie Sheen is in prison. Right. So what does he do? He just calls the prison (laughs) and he gets them on a payphone, you know, to do that. Or he calls, you know, uh, they said Lou Brown, who's the manager in the movie. He's the manager manager for the Toledo Mudhens. Now, the Toledo Mudhens, I believe, are a AAA affiliate of somebody. I'm not sure who. Probably. Look, you're a minor league manager. I don't think you're the manager at Tire World. (laughs) about that actually. I don't think so. Minor league players and managers don't make major league salaries. So it's quite possible that in the off season they have to work an actual job to to supplement their income. So I mean I don't listen, yeah. I don't know Tom Berenger's playing in Mexico. I mean how does he get the number of like the hotel or yeah. whatever he's Again, staying the flop know, house? There's a million things in most movies that you have to kind of suspend. No, but you know you're here you are your career guys in the minors or whatever mm-hmm. and you know, are you not jumping up and down or they're seeing these guys sight unseen? Right. You know, from at least in like in the rookie or whatever, uh, Dennis Quaid, you know, tries out or, you know, right. people try out for these teams. And But again, if her idea is to get the, the motliest crew of players that she can that are guaranteed to suck really bad, it's a movie and it's a silly And Major movie. League Baseball would never let somebody put together a team of to a fail. bunch of guys at a league minimum, which at that time... Uh, <laughs> was like $62,000 or something like that. Now right. it's God knows what it is, uh, probably a few hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I was going to say, it's at least uh, six figures now. A Major League Baseball, the commissioner is not going to allow a team to do that. Opening a spring training, just people showing up. And aren't pitchers yeah. and catchers already there? I mean, it, Yeah, I mean, it's, again... Again, it's all, hack, hack. Yeah, I mean, just there's some things that you have to kind of forgive and just enjoy it as the silly comedy that it is because... You know, it's not really based in reality in any way, shape, or form. There's a bunch of, like, technical yeah. inaccuracies in the movie. Like, I was watching the movie last night, so, you know, the dreaded Yankees. And interestingly enough, I mean, look, I mean, the guy who plays uh, Pete Vukovic, mm-hmm. um, you know, plays Haywood. Now, Haywood's wearing number six. Now, number six was retired later. It was Joe mm-hmm. Torrey's number, so right. it wasn't retired then. The shortstop, ironically, is wearing number two, whoever the hell he was. Right. But um, the catcher is number 32, mm-hmm. which he couldn't have been number 32 because that's Elston Howard's number, was Elston Howard's number, and that was retired. When did they retire that, though? 84. Okay. Hack. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, again, he's an Indians fan. So David H. Ward. They're obviously, you know, through creative editing and cropping and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Dorn, you know, uh, Corbin Burns and throwing from third base. Yeah. He throws one. And, I mean, this thing, you know, he's throwing like a, like a pop fly to first base. I mean, there's no <laughs> way he's getting anybody there. Right. Again, it probably would be very hard to cast professional actors that have baseball skills. Case in point, Serrano hits the home run in the final game against the Yankees. And... He runs around the bases holding the bat. He forgets to drop the bat. That wasn't in the script. He surprised himself. Hayesbert wasn't expecting to hit the ball out of the park, and when he did, he forgot to drop the bat. So he's running around the bases with the bat because he uh, he didn't realize that he, he actually hit a home run. That's funny. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing that he did that, too. That's probably not easy to hit a ball. Even if somebody lobs one over the plate, to hit one out of a major league park is probably not the easiest thing in the world to do. Why are you looking at me like that? You could hit it out. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> you think you could hit a ball out of a major league park right now? Oh, definitely. Well, not right now, but <laughs> right now. I could barely lift my left arm or whatever these days. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I could definitely you know, hit one out, I'm sure. Short porch at Yankee Stadium? I know, definitely. I could definitely. I'm <laughs> Was it like 318 man. there? 314? Yeah, 314. I, I could definitely put it out of there. In batting <laughs> practice? Hell yeah. That's funny. So after Vaughn strikes out Haywood, he's congratulated in the dugout by a player named Keltner. Ken Keltner was the third baseman on the 1941 Indians who, because of his good glove work, ended Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hit streak. And there was one, I know there was at least one play that he makes because he dives for a ball, and if that ball gets through, then the hitting streak goes on. So that's kind of cool that he pays uh, homage to Keltner in that scene. It's funny, I'm watching the movie and I enjoyed the movie again. Laugh out loud moments? I don't know. As far as baseball movies go, is it an enjoyable movie to waste an hour and 46 minutes of your time? <laughs> yes. Is it one of the greatest baseball movies ever? No. I'll watch almost any sports movie. You know, right. I mean, you know, we're joking before about Rookie of the Year. I will watch Rookie of the Year. I will too. It's the most absurd movie ever. Little Big League is more believable than that, where the kid's a manager. But a kid playing, you know, baseball because he, he has tendons an... in his arm or too you know, tight or whatever. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> I'll admit I got sucked into uh, Little Big League not that long ago again. Like uh, I, I was flipping through the channels and I came across it and I got sucked right in. Um, it, you know, it's true. I think if you if you have a passion for the game of baseball, especially, which I do, it's very hard to make a bad movie about it. What were they thinking on the casting of this? What the hell is that guy's name that does Harris? And what other, what other movies is that guy in again? Uh, I think I'm pretty sure he's the same actor that played Senator Boehner in Last Boy Scout. Yes, I think he is. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just like this, like, you know, bit actor or whatever. But, I yeah. mean, Barringer, okay. You know, it was good casting there. Sheen, yeah. good casting. Snipes, good casting. Corbin Burnson, it's kind of debatable there. But, anyway. Who would you cast in that role, though? He's supposed to be a guy that's clearly past his prime, who doesn't have any, any juice on his ball anymore, so that's why he loads the ball with stuff. So, I mean, I think for that, he works, you know? Again, you got to remember there's a budget too, so they're not going to cast a star in every single role, and that and that particular role is not that big in the movie. Pete <laughs> Vukovic would have been a better caster. <laughs> yeah, but he was, he's got to play the big bad Yankee. Well, they so. can find somebody to play the big bad Yankee. I don't know, but like we said, there's a lot of stuff in the movie that is not really believable if you're a fan of baseball. But for a baseball movie, it works. It's fun, and it's there's definitely some funny stuff. And like I said, Bob Euchre, to me, is the best part of the movie. Oh, without a doubt. Euchre and Charlie Sheen, I think, are the two best things. Yeah. 
And Lou Brown. Lou Brown is, I mean, great. Yeah. When Dorn tries to, you know, show him the contract. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I don't have to do any extra calisthenics that I don't feel are necessary, and he just pisses on the contract. Yeah, no, I mean, Lou Brown was good. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, he he was actually good in it, I think. Yeah, that actor died a couple of years ago, I remember reading, and I was like, oh, bummer. You know, he's yeah. like one of those character guys that you've seen before. I was getting him, like, Wilford Brimley and the guy who's on yeah. uh, Anger Management, Charlie Sheen, Confused. Yeah, I forgot well, that guy's Wilford, name. Wilford Brimley played the manager in uh, The Natural, right? right? I guess the mustache, maybe. <laughs> yes. By the way, I was double checking just for like authenticity. Yes. If any of the Yankees had beards, but nobody did. So oh, I that's that's a good point. They all had mustaches. Yeah. For that, some reason. Yeah, the mustaches. Uh, the Yankees. And they were all white. I guess they were supposed to be like the uh, pre-Elston Howard Yankees. <laughs> no, but I mean, even like you know the Indians. I mean, how many you know other than Serrano, who's Cuban, he's Latino, right? Yeah, how many and played Willie by a May- black man, by the way? Yeah, and and Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> yeah. How many other black guys were on that team? You're raising you hear that, point. Jada Pinkett Smith? <laughs> you hear that? Yes, we're white and we notice these things. And yeah. no Latinos, except for Serrano. Yeah. In 1989, there were definitely Latino players. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, dude. Hollywood. Is- you should have cast that little kid for as a pitcher. That would have been more believable than Harris. <laughs> oh, man. When I do these podcasts, most of the time they're movies that I've seen a lot of times. But I still watch the movie again before I talk about it, just so it's fresh in my mind. Of course, I, watched... <laughs> I did too last night. I'm like, so, I know. I'm really still... going to talk about this for a fucking half an hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, we have. By the way, or you know, twenty some odd minutes. The point I was going to make was that you know I watched the movie again, so it's fresh in my mind, and sometimes. I'll actually see something that I've never noticed before in all the times that I've watched it. And, you know, especially when you've seen something five or six times or more or whatever, and you still find stuff, that's kind of amazing. So one of the things I noticed in Major League that I never noticed before, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, after the uh, the Indians win the game, and uh, there's the big on-field celebration, and the fans storm the field. By the way, that'll never happen again. And right. that probably wouldn't have happened in 1989 either. Right. There's the big on-field celebration, and you see everybody hugging and high-fiving and celebrating. And then there's a dude completely in the middle of it all that's clear to see with his hands up trying to high ten somebody. Nobody's giving him anything. <laughs> the guy was standing. dressed like, I mean, I don't know what he was. He's wearing like striped shirt and like these red shorts. And, you know, I'm like, you know, looking like the biggest doofus ever known to mankind. <laughs> and, you know, nobody's high-fiving him. And he's just like, you know, it's like one of these like the most awkward moments. Like, slap hands, slap hands. It's like a, the water boy. It's funny. It's just funny that I'd never noticed it before, and, and there he is. So the movie was filmed in the summer of 88 or whatever, and it was, like, very, very hot. It was, like, one of the hottest, you know, summers in Milwaukee, of mm-hmm. all places. Yeah, because I don't know why they couldn't film this in Cleveland. But anyway, and so now when you watch that scene at the end, everybody's out there in, like, T-shirts and all this stuff. All the players, you know, because it's supposed to be taking place in the fall because that's when the season ends. Right. And everybody on the field is wearing, you know, like long sleeves like it's cold out or something. And the fans are all in shorts. Well, um, you know, is Major League the best baseball movie ever? No. No. Is it enjoyable and and something that if you're flipping through the channels that you probably would get sucked into if you saw it? Yes. Yes. Would you go out of your way to watch it except in preparation for a podcast? (laughs) No, but maybe now that you have these all these fun tidbits and you know nonsense and yeah, so now you can look for these things and you can just mm-hmm. fast forward to the guy in the striped shirt looking to high five somebody. Yeah. So uh, nothing else for this blockbuster movie. No. 
That's Major League, and that's my brother Dan. Yeah, wait, it was rated R. Why couldn't they show Rachel Phelps's tits at the end? They have like little stupid pasties on her tits. She at was least... a showgirl. That was no, that yeah, was but you know, I mean, at least show her. That nipples. was one of the things that actually made sense in the at movie. At least show her nipple. But no, but they had like no nudity in the movie. Like Doran's wife, you know, she looked hot in that one scene or whatever. <laughs> Why couldn't they show her at least like somewhat naked? I mean, you got the f bomb. You got an R rating. At least use it, man. Use this for some good shit. I've just realized after talking about this movie for the last half hour that I probably will never watch this movie again. <laughs> I like this movie. It's a fun movie. I like movie. it. It's, it's fun. But I mean, I'm, now I'm just pissed off. <laughs> I'm sorry. That wasn't the goal Because now here. I'm analyzing this and now I'm pissed off about the fucking movie. Why would you analyze this movie? It's not meant to be analyzed. It's, it's a comedy. Well, that's what we're fucking, your podcast is doing is sort of analyzing the movie. No. The podcast is, is two people talking about a movie that they enjoy. And throwing in some facts so that the listener isn't going, this is boring as well, shit. File is under past tense for me. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Sorry. Done. All right. So, again, this has been Major League. My brother Dan, always uh, entertaining. <laughs> Thanks right. so much for listening. Thanks to our announcer, Kim. With you a can, Y. With a Y. That's right. You can hear more from Kim at her website, kymsvoice.com. And also thanks to the Wicked Radio Network at wickedradionetwork.com, where you can stream the podcast there as well. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.